Welcome to Transform and Thrive. Your host, Helen Lee, examines the opportunities and practical solutions for individuals and organizations to transform and thrive in these times. She shares her wisdom and that of other changemakers impacting our world. Tune in for innovative and holistic tools and empowering strategies to reinvent yourself and or your organization and flourish in a world facing different crises. Hi, this is Helen Lee. Welcome to Transform and Thrive. I have a very special guest with me today. Her name is Masami Sato. Um, she is the founder and CEO of B1G1. We interviewed her husband, Paul Dunn, a couple of episodes or so ago. And uh, But, you know, today we have the person who is very much behind the whole idea of buying and giving and who has a beautiful personal story to tell, to share with us, a very inspiring one, as well as um, a whole lot of, I think, wonderful ideas about how business and giving can be combined in our world today. So without carrying on much further, Masami, you welcome to my podcast, and I'm so happy that you can uh, give us your time today. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Helen, for having me. How about, you know, as I mentioned earlier, telling us about your personal story? How did it all start? Mm. I, I watched this video of you with, I think it was with about, it was, you know, like, like you were uh, talking about, there was this picture of you with your first child on, on your back, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and then later there was another photograph as well with, with the second child and the story about, you know. Oh, wow. You saw that. <laughs> it's such a beautiful story and, and how you had to move from one part of, I think, your home to the kitchen, to an industrial kitchen, and you had your second child there even. So, no, but but also, what was behind that? You know, what mm. was driving you? Okay, mm. so it's incredible. Yeah, so mm. it's not anywhere you like. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let me start with a little while before then. You know, before I became an entrepreneur and what happened to um, me. And as I share my journey and my story, I would love the audience to also reflect on their own story and their own journey as well. And think about what took you to um, this point of time uh, in your life, in your business. So for me, um, going back, uh, I was born in Japan. And during the economic boom, I think, my parents worked really hard in Japanese corporate world to try to have a better life. And uh, because my dad came from very underprivileged background, you know, being born uh, among very large family, and he lost his father at the young age. And so his mother couldn't afford his education. And he kind of like battled within this like corporate hierarchy world, but always worked so hard to have more things and provide more for the family, but under a lot of stress and pressure. So that's kind of my background growing up in Japan. And I always um, was very 
quiet, but very curious at the same time. So I really wanted to understand why things were happening like this or like that. Or So um, uh, being a very shy person and not very outspoken, <laughs> even in my own country, when I started to travel around the world, initially it was intimidating and, of course, a little bit scary, right? Because you think like you are so different from everybody else and you couldn't speak the language in that country wherever you went and... So, but during the time of the vulnerability, what I experienced was that actually everywhere I went, actually there were people who were quite similar. You know, people were all living their lives, trying to have a better life or provide more for their children or uh, for their loved ones. And uh, there was so much kindness and generosity I experienced, especially I had very little, you know, not much money backpacking, <laughs> this little Japanese girl um, and uh, who couldn't really speak the language either. So um, I started to really enjoy that pure, genuine sense of a connection with people. And I was very touched and inspired by how, like, no matter how little some people had, you know, there was so much generosity. Mm. And so when I, during that time, I also started to see problems in the world, like, you know, how come like young child can't even go to school properly and uh, work, they had to work or they had to go on the street to beg for themselves or so I really didn't know what was really going on, but um, I was just a small person who couldn't change the world or solve all the problems. So I just kept going in my uh, life. But years later, when I became a mom for the first time, and that was that time I really reflected about my life. And I thought, like, there are lots of other kids who, you know, my daughter could have been born like them just by luck. She was born in my family. And uh, so I was determined to make sure that she will grow up happy and have everything she needs, you know, the opportunities, education. Uh, uh, but I thought, you know, what about other kids who just happen to be born in different circumstances? So that's when I decided to do something, <laughs> however small. So I became an entrepreneur, started a food company. And because I loved the food and I was passionate about food because to me, when I didn't have much and I couldn't speak the language when I was traveling, food was one thing that allowed me to connect with others uh, without being able to speak <laughs> so much. So for me, food was uh, key to bringing more joy and uh, you know nourishment to people's lives. So I thought if I have a food company and um, give people, busy families, opportunity to eat healthier food uh, and enjoy that time together, then I could create value. But at the same time, I wanted to give back. So uh, I always thought that we should be giving all the profit away to help um, disadvantaged children um, in the world. So that's how I became an entrepreneur 21, more than 21 years ago, because my daughter is now 21. Um, and then eventually what happened was in the endeavor of trying to grow the business, you know, thinking that one day when we have a lot of profit, we will build a soup kitchen, you know, thinking that way. I, about like five years into my business journey, realized that sometimes when we think it's always about doing big things as a result of big outcome, then we might never do it. So five years later, here I was working really hard and then now with two kids, but we still 
thought that we weren't ready yet to do anything because we needed to make more money, grow the business, get a new freezer room, you know, to store our frozen food product in which we were distributing at that time. Um, so this simple idea came to me. And then I thought, what if instead of trying to do big thing one day, what if we did something small, but did every day from today? And then that was the start of the idea of B1J1. Uh, back then, it was kind of the concept of buy one, give one, that every time somebody purchased something, something could be given you know, to benefit the people, create a positive impact. But today, it's known as B1J1 because B1J1 is an initiative that helps businesses to embed um, social impact in every uh, meaningful action that they have in their business. So it's no longer about buying and giving anymore. It's about, you know, every Zoom call we have like this uh, interview podcast. Actually, businesses can choose to help educate a child for one day or plant one tree or give access to life-saving resources like clean water and sanitation to a family for a day. Or So by breaking down social impact activities in the world, you know, those important things that matter, the problems that we need to solve together, when we break it down into a small act of kindness, we realize that every business can start doing something from today and every day. So that's B1J1 <laughs> and how it started. Yeah, it's amazing, and I think you've you've achieved so much. Uh, I mean, with, with together with your team and with Paul, of course, you know, uh, and the members as well. I mean, if I I was uh, I think reading off some figures when I was interviewing Paul that I think even in uh, I forget now what the figures are. I might have it here, but uh, mm. whatever it was, it's like um, you know, it was maybe okay. Here it is more than uh, 193 million giving impacts just in May 2021. And then in, uh, in this year, I don't remember what month, but recently, it was 3 million, right? And then- 300 later, million giving impacts. Yeah, 300 <laughs> million. Uh, uh, and then when I checked, like just before interviewing Paul, it was 301 million. So it's like growing exponentially, right? How do you feel about that? So we talk about this idea of the power of small. Yeah. Um, when we think about something big, because we always see big things in the media and everywhere. And yeah. quite often those big things could be negative big things, you yeah. know, like climate change or yeah. war or uh, refugees being displaced and all that kind of overwhelming big issues. And then we feel powerless. And we feel uh, sad or um, uh, negative. Or, but the thing is, actually, um, there are lots of little things that could be even more powerful and a lot of positive little things that we could all contribute and participate in. Because if we think that it's about uh, fixing uh, one big issue or we have to be super, super successful ourselves to be able to take an action, unless it's you know no meaning. or uh, If we overcome that, thinking and then go like actually our day-to-day -day action when we do it together rather than alone can be very powerful and by transforming our regular habit we could actually really transform our destiny and that's that kind of idea so that's why power of small is important because if one business can solve all of the problems in the world that's totally fine 
and every business might care about the different kind of things or might have a different business activities that's more meaningful to them. And so we believe that when we can appreciate and be grateful for the little little like meaningful things that happen in our business every day, then bringing that together as the force for good to enable important uh, positive actions and the solutions, you know, in, in the world that we need to bring more of, then actually we collectively have so much power and that's kind of like how we see it. Absolutely. And and you, you're quite philosophical as well, aren't you, uh, Masa? Right? And quite wise. <laughs> I think yeah, what I've, what I've, I've, I've connected the dots in terms of, of mm. getting to know you and your story and it seems to have grown organically like you know from um you know that you're 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 being born into the family you were born into right uh and then traveling and seeing how others live and how some children don't have access to education or food even etc right and then coming to this point where you're able to be part of this great movement, a business that's become a movement um, that is creating together uh, 301, more than 301 million giving impacts, right? And, And you have, when I say a long way to go, it doesn't mean, it doesn't negate what you've done. Instead, it's like because of what you've done, it's growing to that point where it can grow even further and really fast now is that true yes i (laughs) I think i think um uh, when we are doing it together of course it's actually so much more powerful than uh someone doing it alone and i think that you know so far the power of this initiative is experienced in that collective um ability for the business uh, people that we work with. Because um, if we think about how um, we can do more, uh, it's really tapping into the relationships and the connection that those businesses have. You know, because even one small business could be doing lots of different things with other businesses. Yeah. And if we can just take additional action, because it's good that we start, first of all, exercising this in our own in our own business right and then to integrate it, social impact start taking small action you know start making uh project activities um happen you know but at the same time uh even then if we actually inspired just one more business um to uh help others realize that they themselves could be doing something more then that's where that's where uh, this becomes even more powerful. <laughs> so yeah, we are looking forward to um, collaborating more and then to uh, tapping into this uh, magnificent power of business connections that we already have in this world. Yeah, well, what I see is the um, you know the beauty of and and the wisdom of what you're doing, it feels, I mean, you, you've written a book also called Joy, the Gift of Acceptance, Trust and Love, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I I don't know the book. Uh, I can only guess what's behind it, especially as, uh, you know, I've gone thoroughly through some of your interviews and you talk about things like other than give first rather than get first, including giving back to the soil, Right. 
and in, mm. quite incredibly, you you were also a farmer for two years. You know, doing wow, <laughs> you know all that. <laughs> yeah. That's why I'm impressed <laughs> because of all the details, um, all the things you've done. You know, with great, I think, with a great purity of heart, right, and uh, and great humility as well. <laughs> it really touches me. <laughs> so I'm being silly mm. now. But, um, you, you spoke also of how you were always chasing for success, right? Mm-hmm. And, and then you couldn't really, you saw that you couldn't, I mean, the things, the way you say it as well, that you can't keep telling yourself the same story, mm-hmm. right? And, and that's what we do. I hear this, I'm, I'm coaching people all over the world. Mm-hmm. And, and I hear this, I hear how they tell themselves the same stories. Right, and stop themselves from doing things. Okay, so this touches me deeply, as you can tell. Wow! <laughs> and then you spoke. I'm not done. You spoke about taking the judgment out of anything, and that's how I relate to your book title. Okay, because there's an acceptance when there's acceptance of what is, and you did things like you bought the. I'm telling your story. <laughs> you telling your story, but you bought the. Um, business uh, I think in New Zealand right the, 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 the fast food business when you've been organic farming for two years right but you just did it and then slowly changed things right and 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 this is the thing we are you know because it uh, humans are afflicted with this uh, concept of not being good enough right? This idea of not being, this false idea of not being good enough, right? So we, 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 it holds us back, this idea of perfection, aiming for perfection. And, and if we can't, we feel we can't do that, then we don't do anything in the end. Okay. But what you've done is you just, you just accept what is, take out the judgment, do it, and then start improving things, right? And, and you're so honest about, you know, the hardships and what you've had to go through and so on. You know, and you, you, you're mostly laughing throughout the time you're telling this story. You know, are you like this all the time? That's what I want to know. <laughs> um, actually, like just, you know, every like every human being, then we all have an emotion and we all struggle with, you know, sense of judgment or uh, negative feelings coming to us as well. Um, but the thing is, uh, when we kind of really see um, uh, what's going on in a, a little bit detached way <laughs> sometimes, then we realize that, okay, for example, everything that happened to us has a meaning. You know, it happens because it happens. And then all those things that happened along the way takes us to the next point. And so I guess like uh, one thing that is useful um, anytime in our life um, when we are a little bit stuck is to be able to see it just like as a game, you know, like this is a game we are playing, our life and our business and everything that happened. This is um, something that we start playing, you know, along the way, but it's there is always a completion of this and it, it, everything is uh, temporary and then leading to something. So the life, like as we reflect on, this is just one life that we experience. And then we can just do the best we can to live the life in the kind of like, you know, fullest way. 
as it were. So the way to really enjoy this game, because the purpose of game is to enjoy, is probably that we get to play in you know, this game together with all sort of different people and then make it as meaning as possible. So um, I, I guess like even if we try to do something right, but if we are always feeling judgmental about what's going wrong or people who use, you know, we think is wrong, or then we end up spending a majority of our time feeling negative and not enjoying our game. But if we take away the judgment and then to realize that, well, everything happens for a purpose and every person has a different stories behind them. You know, they might have their own challenges, struggles, and different circumstances that they went through. So when we actually don't come from judgment and then with more open-mindedness, quite often the people who have different ideas or opinions may be the best partner, you know, to, that we get to do great things with. And when we have that inherent sense of um, either like empathy or even respect, then actually people around you uh, also, you know, uh, uh, might respect you for being different <laughs> and we get to work together. So we want to one, I think the um, kind of thing that we focus on is this diversity and the collective progress and then uh, not to judging um, because every issue or every project activity um, uh, can be important in different way. You know, we could say education is the most important. And of course, education is very important. But at the same time, um, actually, if somebody is affected by certain disaster, you know, or uh, in certain circumstances, do we say that providing uh, access to nutrition or clean water is not as important? And it's very difficult to make a judgment on what's more, what's better or what's more important. But what we can do instead is to appreciate the fact that all these things could be important. And then, but the, the differences of like bringing together different actions, different aspirations, different people, different experiences, ideas, is really actually more important in enabling us all to move forward. I think that's actually like, uh, you know, makes our journey more enjoyable and meaningful <laughs> as a whole. So, Reflecting on what's happening in the world right now, it's a very difficult time right now because I think uh, we have a probably more judgment, you know, going on like in uh, different places like social media. Sometimes like uh, there could be a, like, quite a bit of negative, you know, uh, news or you know even the news media too. Um, if we focus on uh, just what's there, then sometimes we feel negative. But the, the thing is, actually, in order for us to make sure that we all get to play and participate in the game in the meaningful and uh, fulfilling ways, then we need to be able to move beyond the judgment. <laughs> or oh, That's beneficial for us. And then we need to come together to work together on what matters, what really matters. Yeah. Well, the, the way you say it, uh, and then you smile and you laugh. I, I don't think people can get offended anyway, you know, when, when you want to put a message across. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, also, you, you talked about um, abundant cycles, right? And I love the way mm. you presented it, how, you know, you, you described the cycle of deficiency and the cycle of uh, sufficiency, right? Uh, is that is that an idea that came from your experiences and it then perhaps influenced by people like uh, Buckminster Fuller, who, who talks about sufficiency. Mm. 
Is, is that right? Or, mm. or? Uh, I think quite a lot of what I learned come from experience, like a physical experiences rather than yes. uh, reading books, even though I read books and I learned a lot from books too. But sometimes like you really being in a situation and then realizing something through the experience or by seeing people do something and with their physical example as the demonstration of what it all means that I learned a lot from. So um, the cycle of like sufficiency and deficiency or uh, abundance cycle, that those are the things that I probably learned um, by my own self-struggle and trying to find the answer to some of the questions. So you mentioned that I spent a couple of years on the farm and we be became a farmer you know, in that period. So what happened was in my earlier days, like when I was younger, I was probably much more judgmental about what was happening in the world. So um, seeing that my parents worked so hard and they, you know, I realized that, you know, this materialism and consumerism wouldn't make us actually really happy, like in a very fulfilling way. And then at the same time, this consumerism is contributing to the global issues like environmental issues or even like income inequality, you know, like that. So I became at that time pretty judgmental and thought like, okay, businesses are creating these problems. And also um, consumerism is not a good thing. So I thought I will cut myself away from the consumerism so I can prove that I could live my life without buying. <laughs> so that's how like initially I went to the countryside of Japan, trying to learn from farmers how I could create self-sufficiency. So that's um, when it started, but then after spending two years in the countryside and in a small village and working and living with very simple people and being in a very connected community, I realized that I was actually wrong <laughs> because um, actually I couldn't find a way to live uh, totally in isolation. Um, first of all, and if I created such a life, then it's not fulfilling because I still enjoyed being with people, exchanging things, helping each other, and sometimes going and buy things that somebody else created to fall away because that nourished my life and made my life more enjoyable, more fulfilling, and more connected. So I realized that actually businesses all existed for good purpose, which is to make people's lives better you know, more convenient, easier, more effective, efficient. So, but the thing is, it's only because the world of business started to become very much just only focused on profit maximization. Yeah. And if you try to extract more from the business activities, you can, you know, you can get very sophisticated in how to uh, drive more profit in the short period of time, like a quarterly gains, you know. So, but when you make some of those decisions with a short-term profit maximization focus, then you would end up making decisions that would have a long-term implications or um, actually negative impact on other people, you know, that, that whose lives are touched by your business. And for a long time, like a business could ignore that part, you know, because uh, that long-term consequence was like uh, disassociated with the short-term decisions. So um, nobody really talked about it too much. But now like with what's happening with the climate or what's happening with uh, all sort of things in different societies in the world, we are starting to recognize the flaw in this model. 
of short-term profit maximization. So business leaders are starting to think about the long-term implication, you know, also realizing if you make all these decisions for short-term, then quite often your business might also see direct consequences such as people don't want to work with your business anymore. You know, <laughs> consumers don't want to buy from you because they realize that there's all sort of negative impact. So um, the awareness is changing. But I also still respect and admire all the people um, in the you know entire value chain in business, whether the leaders who have to make very difficult decisions, sometimes being sandwiched between you know shareholders and then the uh, employees and then the customers. And so it's a difficult time for all of us. But as we become actually more brave <laughs> to understand the things more and to also respect each other, and to not to judge, jump on to judgment, but to really reflect what we can do today. And then putting in place certain actions that we can, rather than thinking or feeling overwhelmed by the things that we cannot change. Then if all of these businesses start to align together with the new set of values, then we can actually change this world and create greater sustainability. But it's a critical time, whether we will have enough time to turn things around. You know why, why, why you know, um, discovering about you and your approach touches me so deeply is that this seems to be the most practical and feasible way. It's like, um, it's an enlightened way, actually, because it's a middle path, right? Because I, I, I came across this guy in UK, who um, calls himself the moneyless man. Uh, he's doing what you did for a couple of years, except that he's doing it much longer, right? And he actually uh, looks, uh, he's quite young and he looks older uh, because it's quite difficult, like, you know, being without certain uh, modern uh, conditions, right? Uh, in winter, for example. You know, uh, and he's isolating himself. He 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 is making an impact because he's writing uh, for for the Guardian, for example, about his you know experiences and what he he learns and recommends. He's also very humble, um, but he's doing everything by hand. Huh? He you can I cannot interview him, for example, right? <laughs> you know, so. So uh, you, yours is a way which more people can emulate, right? Uh, not, not that you're putting yourself up there, you're, you're very humble about it and you talk about, you know, what, what you mentioned earlier about seeing things as a game and how you're not the central game and you're just a piece in the game board or the board game, right? But really, I feel that people can be inspired by how you've done it successfully and how it's growing and how they can either join you or they can create something of their own right in, mm. in an area of their own because what I see is that there is a purpose for each one of us right and we must live that purpose in order to be fulfilled actually and to be free and to to have that joy mm. you know um, because this is this is a something that's from deep within us it is a soul thing in the end you know uh, am i right or do you have another uh, uh, perspective to what i'm saying no i think um yeah if uh, we could um 
all you know come together with different intention but the, uh also with the shared understanding of you know we are in it together you know because we are in it together we're not individual actually as a whole we share this place together and if this place cannot exist anymore then none of us will be here so yeah. um yeah instead of actually like uh spending our time and effort trying to prove ourselves you know yeah. or <laughs> yeah. uh to yeah to 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 say this is right but that is wrong yeah. if we could imagine what if we are all here for a reason and what if we could all play a part but with the shared understanding of making things work for everyone right like how do we make sure that people who happen to be given uh very ex- difficult circumstance just because they are somehow you know unlucky like they were born in the situation or they get affected by certain disaster or so if we actually all uh brought our you know care and then also committed action into solving these challenges together then we can actually make anything happen so it's really uh yeah important time now and then it's very difficult because of what we see what's happening and we wonder what happened to our children and grandchildren do they have the future that they can really look forward to our leaders you know in the world can actually drive the change required to take us forward so there is that critical time but all we can do is to do what we can do <laughs> every day such wisdom articulated with such clarity and simplicity from Masami Sato, the founder and CEO of B1G1, who is also a two-time TEDx speaker and Amazon best-selling author, the winner of a Sustainable Business Award for SMEs and a finalist of an Inspired Leadership Award. She most certainly has a lot of power packed into a petite Japanese form. I'm not sure why her profile on the B1G1 website says that she brings an almost upside-down strategy to everything she does. It probably means that it's contrary to the current norm. What I feel is that her approach to life is insightful, centered, balanced, practical, and sensible, right side up, in other words. Her views carry what I call the essence of higher intelligence, which I have talked about quite often in my various episodes, especially the solo ones. I'm talk- I've talked about how we need a new model of intelligence in order to transform our world, and how by raising our level of consciousness, we can access the intelligence which stems from the high intelligence that operates the universe. We all have access to this high intelligence and are called to increasingly align with and embody it now. So this very this is a very heartening interview for me to see it being embodied and exercised in this 48-year-old courageous lady who comes from a culture that is steeped in tradition and grace and has dared to live her life fully with the whole world as her playground, pushing beyond the norms of the business world to help create a better world for all. She does so so graciously and with a great deal of joy and smiles, a lightheartedness 
that belies great focus, determination and strength that to me are all quite evident. I loved what she said about it being a game to be enjoyed and am totally in favour of the middle path we must take and the balance we need to bring to all that we decide to do by simply doing what we can each day and together and enjoying the journey. I feel that what Masami has achieved by forging ahead to make a difference each day and with others, that is, doing something small, kind and impactful every day, and doing so with a growing number of people globally, will contribute greatly to transforming our world together. This takes us beyond judging and griping about what's wrong with our world and fearing for and worrying about the future of our children, grandchildren and generations to come. It is a simple, powerful and delightful approach for all of us to adopt, to get off our behinds and contribute positively towards creating our collective destiny and world and having fun doing all we can with each other along the way. Stay tuned for more Masami's views and insights that will perhaps inspire you to transform yourself and your own life and business or organisation if you have one or are part of one. Part 2 of this interview with Masami will be out next Monday. You are also very welcome to join me in my next live Zoom session on Thursday, October 27th at 9pm Singapore time, which is 2pm London time and 9am in New York. You can check out transformandthrive.club transformandthrive.club and email me at enquiries at lehighs.com enquiries with an I-E-S lehighs spelled L-E-E-H-E-I-S-S.com for further details and to sign up. It will be my honour to support you to transform and thrive as greatly as you're ready for. You will also receive a powerful key to mastery. I have successfully tested and tried with thousands of clients worldwide, both individuals and organisations, and which has been fine-tuned, updated and upgraded over the years. You will also be able to enjoy videos or audios that I create for you to support you each month as well. And you will be able to access them and written materials that are uploaded and available in the membership area as long as you are a member. I look forward to hearing from you and meeting you soon. This is Helen Lee on the Transform and Thrive show. Much, much love to you. Wishing you endless possibilities of great joy and freedom, peace and abundance at all levels, even now, or especially now in these times. Happy transforming and thriving. You, my beloved friends, have the power to do so masterfully and joyously. Thank you for joining me. Your presence is vital and very, very much appreciated, as always. Bye for now.